Welcome to Fintech in Focus. I'm Ron Nachman. This bi-monthly podcast explores B2B payments in the age of automation. As electronic payments gain traction, with more AP teams working remotely, there's a lot to talk about. We'd love to hear your feedback and suggestions. Please email us at podcast at invoicepay.com. That's podcast at N-V-O-I-C-E-P-A-Y dot com. At its inception, Cambridge Global Payments set out on a mission to enable businesses to pay their foreign invoices in the most hassle-free way possible. They've done that by selling customers on their cross-border payment solutions directly. But Cambridge has also grown an enterprise payment group through which they partner with other companies to sell Cambridge payment solutions to their own clients. These are companies like accounting and law firms, corporate relocation managers, and third-party payroll organizations. It's a logical step, but there's a whole process involved, and I talked to a couple of the guys who make it happen. My name is Don Banowitz. I'm our vice president of our Global Enterprise Solutions Group. I've been in the industry now 16 years. Chris Morris, senior vice president and head of our Global Enterprise Solutions Group. Uh, I've also been in the international payments or cross-border payments business for uh, over 16 years. We talked about what it takes to embark on the Cambridge Enterprise Payment Journey. Here's how it went. Let's clarify the need here. Talk about the three kinds of players in this scenario. Um, I think, you know, the, the three types of players really just starts with how this business originated back in the early 90s. So the vision for our former ownership was simply to help businesses facilitate cross-border payments, period. And the idea here was that they wanted to provide what they saw as a gap in the industry. At the time, in the early 90s, foreign exchange was really ultimately something that very few non-bank providers were getting into. But there is an absolute need for competition to help innovate and then provide the service that was lacking at the time or the perceived lack of service at the time. So in their wisdom, they started this business in the early 90s, and it was really meant to help businesses pay foreign invoices for goods and services procured. That would be the really kind of the bread and butter or legacy piece of our business that we service today. And, and we have done that for over 20 years, of course. So that would be, you know, I think the key fundamental building block that we have. From that journey, what we've done, and I think this is probably with really the, the philosophical approach to outperform banks, improve on delivery and service, we wanted to create a better user experience. That was the idea. The, the whole fundamental building block of Cambridge is to improve on the user experience, give them a better solution, and we believed at that time, even in the early 90s, that the customers would come. And they did come. And we started to build on those experiences, right? And the experience is really the feedback that we received from them. You know, well, this is great. Uh, I love the service I'm getting here. But is there a way to automate this? Is there a way to do this, you know, a little bit faster? Um, you know, my responsibilities are growing in the accounts payable environment here. And uh, I need a, a way to do things in a little bit more streamlined fashion. Or I'm being asked to take on more responsibility and I need to make this as productive as possible. That's really the philosophical underpinnings of Cambridge is user, is the client. And so what we had noticed over the years, especially right around in the 2000s, the end of 2000, 
is there is a subset of clients that were not only asking for additional technology, but they were bringing on clients of their own that were requiring international payments. So I'll give you some early examples, Ron. Um, So I guess one of the first ones that comes to mind here is third-party payroll companies. What they were originally set out to do and help accomplish is to help the overtaxed and overburdened payroll departments for, for corporate organizations and help them do their jobs. And when I say that, it's understanding tax codes for employment. What is somebody making from a gross perspective in terms of their salary to the net? And so they set out to accomplish how to achieve that at scale for these companies, especially as they started to grow cross-border, because then it gets even more challenging and difficult to understand what those laws and tax laws look like by country and by jurisdiction. So then, you know, these third-party payroll companies like ADP started, you know, boning up on their knowledge and then bringing technology into the fold to help make this a very quick and easy, you know, software-led solution to help these organizations. Well, as an adjacent need here is at the end of all this, when you, when you calculate the gross to net, it's a natural correlation, an adjacent need to actually make the payment. So these third-party payroll companies started making the transaction. It, it, was part, it became such a part of their, their product suite that it just became what they did. So that's the overall solution. And so by way of the fact that they've been asked to make the payment as well as doing the, the, the calculations, that is, is really the birth of how partnerships started to come about. These third-party payroll companies, and I, and I won't just leave it to third-party payroll, of course, we've got relocation management companies, accountants that are do- keeping the books and then eventually making the payments uh, to the vendors and suppliers and employees. So that's the kind of the impetus for the partnership idea in, in creating an enterprise business for Cambridge is we saw that where in our original vision from our ownership is we were going address to address to address, finding global payments for an organization. Now we can go to one address and get many clients as a part of that process. And what it eventually does is it helps scale the opportunity to Cambridge. And, and that's when we doubled down in, the, in a right around 2010, where we really kind of jumped into, okay, well, how can we address these markets, these industry segments better and create the technology? And then, of course, the big thing you're on is that the, what's the user journey? What's the user experience look like? You know, it, it, very much that philosophy of the user experience is what drives the journey. You know, if you look at successful entrepreneurs, you know, just as our former owners, they identify a key problem, you know, from an industry and look to solve it. And with any natural progression of a product, they continue to listen to their clients and see how they can further solve more problems. And that really is the evolution of any product journey, as well as, you know, the journey that that we've been on to help you know, our integrated partners you know, drive through that product journey itself. Let's go through this enterprise payment journey and deal with this partnership. So company A is like a payroll provider, is, a, is an accounting provider that has clients of its own, now partners with a provider like Cambridge Global Payments. And you start building the solution for them to provide their, to their clients by envisioning and planning the cross-border payment solution, then building and integrating it into that company's systems. Talk about that. A product journey is like a winding river. 
you're, you're always forward looking to understand where the water's flowing and try to understand where issues may pop up. You know, you're going to hit a rock or you're going to hit the shore and, and you want to try to figure out how to alleviate that. That's what encompasses the concept of envisioning. Trying to think, how can I solve more problems for, for my clientele without deviating too far from the original core offering of your product? The key piece is you need experience. When, when you start to get into a product journey outside of your expertise, you need to be able to help in that envisioning process. And very much within our world at Cambridge, we, we try to help envision that whole journey to map out where that product delivery will enhance their client solution. And it always comes back to the user experience. What is the user experience that we need to start to identify the spectrum of options that match the requirement of an embedded global payments product? Once you get to envisioning, then it's all about trying to figure out that story of the steps to integrating. And this is where, again, that expertise coming together to support and move through that integration phase. It's certainly a journey and, and we find clients on each and every aspect of that journey. It just, just depends on where they've gone. But the key, you know, the key challenges to consider is, you know, especially like, let's take a look at the journey, right? We, we start with envisioning and in, integrating a global payments offering. This is what the client is, this is what our partner is looking to do for their client base. And then it's how do we service a global payments offering? How do we deliver best in class service here? Then it becomes, well, okay, now that we've uh, integrated a, a, an embedded uh, global payment solution and we know how to service it, how do we sell this to our client base? Once we sell it and they buy it, how do we enable them to consume it, to actually make the global payments through us? And then finally, enablement is one thing, but how do we scale this across our whole product suite, across our whole client base, the portfolio of clients existing and prospective? And there are key challenges to consider in that process. Typically, you know, there's a scarce amount of technical expertise and staff to solely architect and integrate a best-in-class global payment offering into their existing working workflows, their user interfaces. And then the idea would be to map a seamless experience for them, right? So we have teams that, that are specifically uh, positioned for that function. And then it becomes, well, given the complexities of collecting those global payment details, and then how do we advise on those payment flight times and resolve any of the, the exceptions that might happen? You know, it becomes, well, how do we provide sturdy SLAs, right? Service level agreements to, to our customers. We have teams that, that approach that and understand that very well. And then we can further dive into how do you sell it and achieve profitability and revenue, monetize the flows, and then how do you enable and scale it? There's always challenges on that journey. So we'll go through each of these steps. After integration, it's time to work out how to service the international vendor payment solution that this partner will offer their customers. What does that servicing entail? It's probably one of the fundamental important parts and a key differentiator. You can do everything you can from a technical perspective to automate, to make it a seamless journey, to build beautiful product into the, the UI and the UX. But it all comes down to, does it work? And, and, and when it doesn't, what are you doing to make sure that it's a good experience for the customer? And so that's kind of how we've positioned our team. We, we actually, at Cambridge, we have a specific team devoted to servicing our partners. And it has been that way 
for a decade. And what this team does is, is phenomenal and unbelievable in terms of the, you know, the level of, of, of detail, the amount of white glove red carpet service that they're offering our clients. And then furthermore, positioning that around the globe to follow the issue when they're sleeping or when they're on vacation, right? Cambridge takes ownership of the delivery of the global payment and as well as the service, the ongoing service, the post-transactional service is what I like to say. But the came, but but our organization, our service team, and the partner through our combined service level agreement to their customer work symphonically to deliver a combined service through one contact with the partner. So we so we partner up as an organization around the globe to make sure that we're providing a, a web of comfort around any of the issues that they have from North America to Europe to Australia and, and continuously. I think it's important that that's the first step. What our clients, our partners, excuse me, are thinking about is, is essentially, well, how do I provide this level of service to my own customers through my own experience? And while I could get into weeds in the detail and all that stuff, essentially what it becomes is how do we form a team with their front office staff to make it a mid, mid office or back office experience for them to enable and support their front office. Yeah, Chris, I mean, service is such a key piece to the product journey. If you think about technology today, what's one of the most frustrating things when you have to go to a chat box or, you know, you can never reach anyone to resolve, you know, sometimes we just want to be able to have someone pick up the phone and solve our problem as quick as possible. And we find the trend is, you know, you either have technology sometimes without service or service without technology. And one of the key pieces we work with in the product journey is to figure out how to merge those two that you have a high tech and high touch product and user experience. And that is a key piece that, that transitions into you know, the final stages of the journey. Because now that you understand how to service an international vendor payment solution, you're able to then figure out how you're going to move towards scaling and selling it. When we spoke earlier, you were talking about a follow the sun model of service. Talk about that a little bit. When, when the teams in say North America um, are either, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a national holiday, right. Or, or they're just on vacation or when they go to bed at night, right. When the, when, when they're ready to complete their day, we have operation centers that are just beginning theirs or in the middle of their day. And any issue that has been, was created in say North America, right? The, the ticket or the initial issue, the resolution doesn't just reside with that operation center. It then goes on to the next operation center that's, that's open and active to research and investigate. And then finally it keeps going to the next so that we're kind of giving continuous seven days a week, 365 days a year, 24 hour support. And that is why we call it the follow the sun model. So now the solution is built and the partners decided how to service that solution. Now the partner company with whom you've been working needs to sell the solution to the client, to its own client. What goes into that? It's easy to bring yourself to building a product, but then the challenge is always going to market and you know, ensuring that people understand the value of that product. I'm sure we've all heard the term, you know, it takes a village to raise a child. And in some of these situations, it does take a village to bring a product to the market to sell. And it's a key piece 
being able to help understand, you know, how do you message to your client? How do you message internally? How does the sales team get educated to be able to sell that solution embedded within their own core operating product? You know, and then just overall how to handle that that joint marketing, you know, going to market. There's so many key pieces, you know, within going to market of selling a new product, especially when you start to bring international payments and the complexities that come with it, that you need that village of your partner working with you from a go-to-market marketing strategy to a go-to-market internal sales training strategy to actually supporting or co-selling, you know, with the sales team in the market to make sure that the message is being received. And it's not only the partner, but Cambridge itself or companies like Cambridge that come together to help build that village so that you can take that to market and ensure that that child of the product becomes you know, a full-fledged product or an adult that, that contributes to society. You know, the key challenge is you know, on, on that aspect of you know, how does that company sell a global payments offering with their offering? So what we see is that sales teams are really good at selling their own product. They know the ins, they know the outs, they know how it's serviced, they know how it's priced, they know how to differentiate that, you know, from their comp- competition, right? And they're very good at that. But what we find is these teams often find it hard to understand the nuances of effectively selling, pricing, and differentiating global payment services as really a natural extension of their core value proposition. And what we do to support them is we bring them either tele or in-person training, right? We have staff that has prepared training decks and disseminated training on site to the sales folks so that they can understand the correlation between the two offerings. We talked about, you know, uh, global payroll organizations. We've, we've been on multiple trainings with global payroll associations, accounts payable automation and invoice automation organizations to help them understand the connective tissue between their core offering and the differentiation that they have and the value that they have with this correlated product that helps move a payment through their channels and into the Cambridge environment for delivery. Because there is such differentiation between organizations on how payments arrive in someone's bank account. And so we're on site helping those organizations facilitate training to their salespeople. But, but, but we're there where the rubber meets the road, Ron. I think that's the important metaphor here is we're there. We're responsible parties here. We're responsible to those organizations and for those organizations. The idea is to develop chemistry with the teams, right? Sit with them, sit with them on calls, understand their process and what they go through, see their scripts, and then help them position the global payments message into how they go about selling their own product. That's how we've done it with our clients, even our sister organizations within Fleet Corp. We've sat, you know, shoulder to shoulder with them to understand their journey, their qualification process, and then figure out exactly how you would, when is the right time to make that message on the global payment side to enhance the overall value proposition to the customer. And so we've also developed battle cards Battle cards are an industry term, a sales industry terms. That's basically a card that goes through the value proposition, the qualification questions, uncovering pain, and then how to associate the resources that we have with the needs and requirements of that, that company, all on one small card, <laughs> typically, to help, help them navigate. 
Finally, we think about the partner enabling the international payment solution that it's developed for their client and scaling the solution so that it grows with the client. Talk about what all of that means, starting with the enabling side. Yes. So let, let's take that right from directly from now that we've sold this, what do we do next? Right? Yes, yes. And we get that from salespeople. Hey, I sold the global payments. Now what do we do? Right? So enablement is a natural part of the cell. And, you know, it's really about making that solution happen as designed, as drawn up, as execute and, and to execute on that. And so what we do is we, we provide the resource to immediately help onboard their customer or bring them this solution within the UI. And, you know, as a matter of course, with some organizations, it's just naturally like turning on the flip of a switch. They're directed to this part of the, the, uh, the product that's now enabled for them and they could start processing transactions through it or, or adding banking information. So there is certainly some sophistication in terms of how we, we scale that or how we enable uh, the service to our clients. And it's typically embedded in the, in the products, uh, but it can be done in other ways too. Specifically though, for the, on the enablement side, it really becomes, how do we enable that? How do we bring the client on and onboard them? And then to do that at scale. So I actually take enabling the enablement and scaling part of the journey. And I really kind of combine them as one. Now each is treated separately because you have to get the enablement right to scale the offering to make it a profitable endeavor and to realize the, the synergies between the two organizations and smooth out the service. We go from enabling, just making sure that one client was easily able to consume the global payments product to how do we do this across their entire client base? And there's a key metric that we use internally at Cambridge, which we call DOO, Days in Onboarding Outstanding. And in that function, what we're doing is we're rapidly trying to bring on as many of their clients as possible to enable them to make global payments. And that's what we mean by scale. How do we do this? And how do we bring their, their portfolio of clients, their, their present and future clients on board at scale in mass? Do partners sell their cross-border payment solutions to their client as their own offering or with Cambridge branding on it? In other words, what does the partner's client see in terms of branding? Each partner has their own product journey. And, and so really digging into the early discussions, you know, and trying to envision what they want their product journey to be. Um, we find that it really depends on how established their client base is and their go-to-market strategy. Early stages of discovery will drive that maybe a client wants a Cambridge-branded platform, and it's easier for them to go to market to bring a solution to their clients. So almost like a referral agreement. But as they have more of a proven solution or use cases in hand, and more clients are adopting, they start to look at, okay, maybe this needs to be more of a native experience in my own technology, where I embed this cross-border payment solution you know, with the likes of an API integration or file integration, so that my client doesn't have to leave my environment and it becomes a client experience back in the platform that they've originally started with. You know, and it goes back to the theme that we've hit on time after time now, that, that user experience. That will drive what user experience they want, whether it's 
native in their own environment to a Cambridge branded platform or private labeled platform. So when these partners initially come to Cambridge to help build an international payment solution for their clients, have some of them already tried to build it on their own? It's part of the initial scoping and qualification um, in our first in meeting is we, since we already have the kind of journey in our head, right? The, the six step process, we want to meet them where they're at. So that's part of the initial qualification is where are you at in the journey today? And, and, and uh, believe me, we ask it like that, right? Because, and, and I think they get it, right? They, maybe they don't see our journey or what we see, but, but they had a journey to get to where they are. And, you know, and what has your experience been? <laughs> what has your experience been on that journey? Like Don said, it's a winding river. Um, so, uh, yes. So we've seen partners that have built the, the payment solution already. And typically we're in to understand what their experience was, if there's any gaps in the current product structure, or if there's any capabilities that their clients are asking them. And so that's kind of part of the journey is to understand where they're at. It was it architected the right way, envisioned, integrated the right way. If so, if they have the shell, right, they have the, the product there, it's just Cambridge have matching resources for them to meet their customers' requirements and experience. Now, Chris, you're spot on. It's, it's interesting when you, when you find discovery calls or, or discussions around a payments product that's already been established, because usually what's happening then is the user experience isn't exactly what they had hoped it to be. Could be onboarding, could be that there's lack of capabilities and there's gaps in the product that they're looking to fill. And so as a consultative approach, we look to identify, you know, where are those gaps? Where, where did in your journey, did you miss something within the visioning or integrating? And as Chris, you know, highlighted there, we're always trying to identify how can we quickly solve your user experience issues and match our resources to solve those problems, to continue to help their product journey and help them grow with their client base and continue to solve the problems that they're trying to solve for their client base within their core product solution. What we hear from the field, from the market of our bank customers, or credit union, bankers, banks, AP automation, fintechs, all of our you know various segments of clients, we hear the same thing. And that is, we're really looking for one provider to lead with, to be our partner, to form a tight relationship with. So what they're looking for is, is typically the best, most comprehensive value in the market. There are so many criteria that they have, and I feel like it's a scorecard, Ron. It's a scorecard that they have in front of them. And it's, okay, how are they on the technical side? How are they on the operational side? How are they in security? Can they help us scale across different jurisdictions? How are they, you know, there are so many different aspects of that and they're ticking boxes and they're scoring it to see who that partner is going to be. And that's what our scorecard looks like, Ron. We ask ourselves, how are we on the operational side? How are we on the service side, the technical side, the product side, our contracting and legal experience, our onboarding experience, which is super critical and important. And then finally, as it all comes together, how are the commercial terms? So all of that becomes part of that journey for the partner. And what they're looking for is one partner to do that. They've probably gone through the journey and they have multiple partners. And Don and I see that all the time where they have three partners because, you know, not every partner has everything and there's different variety and optionality between the partners. But what they come to realize is it's very difficult to scale when you have three partners doing various things. It becomes just a mess internally for them to figure out how do we traffic to each partner? 
So then there's this realization, okay, well, I think we really need to go to market with one partner that has it all. So we zoom out, dealt with the tactics kind of employed in the journey. Obviously we have the technology. Talk about how important people are to this journey. It's something Don and I are very passionate about. If it, if it weren't for original thoughts, ideas, and the execution of those ideas, the wisdom, we wouldn't have the business that we have today or the relationships that we have today. I look at this in a very much a 360 degree uh, field of view. And, and that is because it all starts with the customer. So when we talk about you know, how important are people to the journey, it's customer feedback and customer experience. That's what started on, on this journey that the evolution of Cambridge from you know, just servicing corporate business to now partnerships and the birth of this, the found foundations and underpinnings of an enterprise, a global enterprise group. So the first step of this is people. The people are the customers giving us the feedback on what they're experiencing with Cambridge, what it's like to be a Cambridge customer and what they want more of. And what's wonderful about the partnerships that we have is we're hearing it from a partner who's hearing it from dozens to hundreds to thousands of customers. So the vocal cord of a partner resonates significantly within our organization. It has a resounding effect on the way that we architect our solution and develop our product and then how we curate the service. And so there are multiple partners in that in the Cambridge side. So I've, I've focused on the customer. But what does that look like in terms of people and how we feel about them at Cambridge? We have various teams that are specifically developed and designed to help aid the partner in their journey with us from the technical engineer. Well, from, first of all, from the sales, right? From the field sales, understanding, you know, the market, then bringing that in and, and helping to scope out what the solution looks like with our technical engineers and sales, then bridging that with client success and project management resources specifically devoted to our partners so that they can take all the tasks associated with bringing this bringing this solution to market and, and manage that to an expeditious finality, which is actually being able to embed the global payment and making one for a customer. And then on top of that, it's our partnership team. So we have a go-to-market partnership team that helps to manage the partner, their expectations, and, and help channel the leads through to accrete the revenue and, and the vision and understanding of what was going to happen once we did help them bring to, together a new product on the global payment side. So all of that wrapped around then finally the service. This is the day-to-day -day client management from a, a, a very talented team uh, that is devoted to all of the payment needs of our clients. People are so important to this journey. You know, expertise, people who have built something before. If, if you think about, you know, as a, as a parent, how many times I've had to build furniture and trying <laughs> to figure out how to put things together when it would have been much easier having someone that's built this multiple times in the past. So instead of me telling my wife, it should take 30 minutes and three hours later, I complete it. You know, that, that it's, it's almost that kind, same kind of concept. You know, when, when you talk about the product journey, technical sales has that expertise that they worked with so many different integrated partners we start to understand what integrated patterns make the most sense within the product journey itself of integrating. You have in the envisioning people who have sat down and, and been through different user experience on products that help partners think through like what user experience do you want to create and help mapping that out in their mind or storing it out and visualize it. Within the actual enablement or scaling, 
as you talked about, you have our, our, our partnership team and you have the client success team that, that are there lockstep through the process to make sure that everything is meeting the, the process and deadlines that our partner wants to have to go to market. People are important because you can't just hand someone a box without instructions on how to build something. You need that support to be able to have the instruction and guidance to successfully build a product and be able to go to market. And that expertise in people that have done it before will help the journey go so much smoother than just giving them something to, to play with. It's interesting because as I continue to think and expand upon this idea and this question that you have, there is this vibrant web of communication at Cambridge because so many things have to come together to, to make the solution work from our compliance teams, you know, making sure that they understand and, and recognize what the solution is, regulatory as well, right? Where, where are we bringing the solution to market in all these other countries? Also legal you know, reviewing the the use cases and understanding what we're actually trying to build and then curating the agreement to make sure that it matches the expectations of both Cambridge and our partner. So all those people have to communicate effectively to make this happen. And then finally, it's the executive team too. Like we can't get any of this done without executive buy-in. So their fundamental jobs is to listen to the field and understand hey, okay, it sounds like you may be hamstrung in this area. How do I relieve that tension and to allow you to focus more on your job, which is nutritional and vital for the growth of the partner? And so how do I give you support here? And that's what our executive team does at Cambridge is they listen to the feedback and they read and react quickly to help us continue to do our jobs better, build a better business. That was Don Banowitz and Chris Morris from Cambridge Global Payments. And this has been FinTech in Focus. If you want to keep up with our news and views or Women in Focus segments, make sure to subscribe wherever you're tuning in from. FinTech in Focus is a bi-monthly podcast written and produced by CorePay, a FleetCore company. To submit questions or comments or to recommend a topic, please email us at podcast at invoicepay.com. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at N-V-O-I-C-E-P-A-Y dot com. For Fintech in Focus, I'm Ron Nachman. Thanks for listening.